Yes, sir. Talking back to the teacher podcast. My guest today is a friend of mine that I met in college. We share a love for math. We scream and root for our Ohio State Buckeyes. She has an amazing journey that she has been on. She just recently achieved some new milestones, and I'm glad she's taking the opportunity to sit and talk with us today. So I bring to you from the heart of Columbus, Ohio, Dr. Gina Jones. Thank you for your time. We're excited to hear your wisdom. So, Dr. Jones, now is your time to talk back to the teacher. Paths and journeys, and when I saw that uh, you are not just Gina, you are I, I mean, you tell me what the full title is. There's got to be a doctor in there. There's a PhD in there. I'm talking, you're doing a lot. So I'm, I'm kind of curious about that journey. So that's kind of what my focus and my focal point of it was. Okay. Yeah. So tell me, where are you presently, geographically? Okay. I'm currently in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Still here. Gotcha. Columbus. And undergrad was Ohio State? Yes. Oh, the Ohio State University. The, oh, oh, excuse <laughs> me. I forgot. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I respect the Ohio State. Tell me what this journey looked like for you. Graduating high school, and then you did the fall at the Ohio State. What did you finish your degree in? Okay. So I graduated from Northmont High School mm-hmm. in 2000. It's in Clayton, Ohio, which is a suburb of Dayton, Ohio. After that, I attended The Ohio State University from 2000 to 2004. When I first started, I started off in chemistry, and then I switched to mathematics my sophomore year. And so I graduated with a Bachelor of Science in mathematics. And at the time when I graduated, I thought that um, I wanted to be a math teacher. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the math teachers. Yeah, yeah. That's where we that's where we connect, I think. Uh-huh. So I completed all my teaching coursework at the University of Dayton. Then I got a job working where I work now um, as an accountant for the Department of Defense. Okay. So um, when I was, you know, an accountant there, accounting, math, they're two separate things, but they still have that analytical component of it, uh, working with numbers. And so I went back. Took a couple of accounting classes, 24 hours of accounting to qualify for account for accounting positions mm-hmm. at my organization. And then I went back for my master's degree okay. in administration with a focus in leadership. And really this whole journey of, I guess, becoming Dr. Gina Jones, it was, I think I was just called, it was just part of my purpose, called to do this. Education just came back to me. Um, And so my doctorate is a doctor of education in organizational leadership. What I really aspire to do is to teach at the collegiate level leadership courses and also stay at my current organization as an accountant. And I'm also involved in the mentorship program in my current organization. So my dissertation topic was the impact of mentorship on a career advancement for black women accountants. Oh, okay. And so um, that's specific. Yeah, yeah. That's it had to be specific. it had to be a pretty narrow topic, but mm-hmm. what my research <laughs> revealed is that mentorship is needed at the student level also. 
And so I've been a mentor to employees who are coming on board and have those entry-level positions, but I really want to focus also on that mentorship for students. And so my next move is getting involved with Columbus State Community College and their career mentorship program to get paired with students. And that's where I'm at now. Okay. Wow. Okay. So that journey, geographically, it started outside of Dayton, then to Columbus, but you did your master's. Did you do your master's in at Central Michigan? Central Michigan, but I did it online. Online. Okay. So you didn't have to physically move. Right. Then finishing this doctorate, was that online too, or did you have to do a lot of that work in person, face-to-face? How, what kind of a platform did that start with and finish with? The colloquium was in person, which is like that initial meeting Mm -hmm. uh, with all of your peers and colleagues that are starting the program and you meet a lot of the faculty there. That was in person, but the other part of the program, the remaining part was online. Okay. So we incorporated a lot of Zoom meetings for the classes Mm -hmm. every week. And then when we had to give our presentations, we utilized Zoom for that platform. So now you've got the fancy hat that comes with the PhD. (laughs) Congratulations to you, one, because that's quite the accomplishment. That's a lot of schooling and a lot of learning. Since you said that there's a mentoring aspect to what it is you're aspiring to do, do you feel like now that you've finished the doctorate, is that a door that would have remained closed had you not pursued that route of education or those extra years? being in the classroom, learning that, the dissertation, everything that came along with it. Do you think those doors would have still been closed had it not been for the extra amount of schooling that decided to undertake? Um. Originally, my thought was with the extra education that you got on top of the master's pursuing the doctorate, Mm -hmm. do you feel that it is going to open a specific door you did not have, say, three or four years ago? Absolutely. You know, even with a master's degree, you can still teach at the collegiate level. Um, That really wasn't, I think, my like higher focus at the time. But having completed the program, I think that it will definitely open doors for adjunct faculty positions Mm -hmm. at universities, even supervisory and manager positions at my current organization, you know, climbing up that career ladder. So I think that it does open doors And aside from that, aside from the professional component of it, the other benefit that I've, you know, had conversations with many about is it was a spiritual journey for me. And I think that has been the biggest eye-opening experience of it all is just learning who I am Mm -hmm. as a person, Gina Jones, before the doctor, who Gina Jones is, who my heavenly father is. When you know who he is and who you are, you just become unstoppable because you you just understand that he's given you all of the tools that you need to accomplish whatever it is in life that you want to accomplish. And so I'm sitting here no better than anybody else, but just really want to stress to people that it's never too late to pursue your goals and dreams. And that you can do it. You can do anything if you believe, if you have faith and you just do the work. You just have to do it. Push through despite any obstacles, any challenges. 
you'll get there. Okay. That that sounds like something I, I just heard in the past 24 hours. I was listening to this audio book um, by a, a lady named Jen Sincero, and it's called uh, You Are a Badass, and it says um, how to stop doubting your greatness. But she mentions a part that whether it be God, the universe, or whatever it is you believe in, there's a connection that you have to accept and realize is an integral part of who you are in order for you to really reach your full potential and understand that you're more than capable of, of doing the things that you may be afraid to do or feeling like you're ill-equipped to do. And she specifically mm-hmm. called it out. She, you know, she's, she said that to my, one of my final questions I had for you earlier when I was thinking about it, you just touched on it because when you finished, you said, I am who I am because of the great I am. And then you wrote, I am Dr. Gina Jones. There's a spiritual component to this that is clearly vital and at the core of where she is. And like mm-hmm. you said, that this has been a spiritual journey for you. The extra letters in the title were just kind of icing on the cake for you. What is the biggest takeaway from it? Like, what did you learn on that spiritual journey? Sounds like it obviously deepened your relationship with your Heavenly Father and with the faith that you have has been strengthened takeaways from it outside of the educational point, what would you say your biggest takeaways are? I think, you know, part of that journey for me was recognizing from an emotional standpoint, emotional intelligence, really kind of like looking in the mirror at myself to know what triggers me, how I respond Mm -hmm. and how I communicate with others whenever that quote unquote thing or that person triggers me and learning how to overcome that with a positive perspective, a positive frame of mind, and just being able to manage my emotions. I'm in control of what I need to do. When your emotions are all over the place and you're, you you know, something is upsetting to you, that has a direct impact to your focus, to your thought process, to you being productive. And so from a professional standpoint and a student standpoint, that can impact you. So having that emotional intelligence, being able to understand what triggers me, how I can revert that back to something positive to do what I need to do, looking at um, also what I'm eating. You know, you got to take care of yourself to Mm -hmm. complete that assignment. You have to be healthy. That means mentally, spiritually, physically. So what are you watching? What are you listening to? What are you eating? What are you putting into your body? So I'm vegetarian now. I wasn't before, but, you know, I switched to that. And so having that clear mindset and I think in addition to that is I just have a totally different perspective of the world. I look at the world from a different lens now. You know, nothing is really as it seems here. We're here to carry out a purpose, to carry out an assignment. I agree. And this doctoral journey was actually the prerequisite to the next assignment. And so I didn't understand initially the totality of that. But after I completed it, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I have a lot more work to do. And I won't go into all of that, but um, (laughs) it's bigger than me. It's bigger than the degree. It's bigger than me, but he chose me to do this. And so I just had to be obedient and do it. There's a lot more that I need to do. Uh, before I leave here, so. No, I answered it perfectly. Okay. 
it gave me two more questions, but I'm not. I don't want to take all your time. But oh, um, no, you're fine. so you said it's. Do you know what's next for you? Mm-hmm. Is that something you can share? Not okay. yet. See, not I'm the yet. type of person I like to be discreet. And I don't like to uh, lay out the action plan until it's been completed. Well, well, then you know what? Whenever it happens, when I read about it, I'm going to check in and be like, <laughs> is this the plan? You also mm-hmm. mentioned that you finished a doctoral degree with zero zip, zilch, not a penny taken out in student loans, right? Mm, yes. Oh, okay, Doc. Like, you got like a, a wealthy Uncle Scrooge McDuck? How, how, tell us, how are we getting degrees with no loans? Like, that's just unheard of. Yeah, it is. But with my accountant background, uh, mm-hmm. first of all, I applied for tuition assistance at my current organization mm-hmm. and I got denied. And so I went to my prayer closet. I have my journal here. I wrote okay. everything in my journal. And I said, if you want me to do this doctoral program, then help me to do this without any student loans. What I did was from an accountant perspective, I started looking at how much money am I spending? Look at all of your bills. How much income are you bringing in? How much are your expenditures? And where can I save? Where can I budget this? So I do want to point out, I started my program in August, 2019. Okay. In uh, March, 2020, we were all impacted by the pandemic from March, 2020 up until currently i have worked full time from home that whole time for three and a half years so i wasn't driving back and forth i wasn't spending money on gas and then for me i wasn't going to the nail salon getting manicures (laughs) pedicures i'm a natural hair girl so it's a chore to do your hair but i was washing my hair at home myself i wasn't eating fast food Mm-hmm. I was cooking every day. Okay. I wasn't spending money on, you know, clothes, shoes, going shopping. I wasn't going out to the movies or anything. I was just in my own little bubble in the comfort of my home, working on my goal, doing what I needed to do. And so when you cut back like that and you only focus on the essentials, you can save so much money, so much. And so that's what I did. I budgeted. I watched what I spent and every quarter when that tuition bill came around, I had it and I paid it. Okay. And so that is what I did. There it is. So you kept with the essentials and the must haves and the things you needed, put some other things to the side that weren't needed and found a way to make it happen. I'm, I'm not even mad at that. <laughs> this is the path that I need to take. Clearly, it's one that's going to require a lot of my time and energy. I can cut out some things that may not be necessary. Mm-hmm probably allowed you to even hone in and focus at a greater level than what you were doing before. Exactly. What message would you want to convey to young women of color who may be on the fence of like clicking submit to a master's program or a doctoral program? Any message you would like to send to them? I would recommend having a mentor Mm -hmm. if they have access to mentors I would definitely recommend trying to secure a mentor. If you don't currently have a mentor, whatever your industry is in, think about joining professional organizations. When you join professional organizations, that's an avenue to network with other people that may be in your in the industry that you could connect with and have as a mentor. So I strongly encourage that. 
Mm -hmm. Also, it's just imperative, you know, as a minority woman, you shouldn't second guess yourself. You really can do anything. I, I know I keep saying that, but you really can. So if it's just having, like I said, a mentor that's there to encourage you, to help you to kind of figure out what avenue or what career path you want to take, I just think that that would be very helpful. For me, I have multiple mentors. I mm -hmm. have a professional mentor. My parents are my mentors. They've been some of my best mentors all my life. And I just think you just need to tap into look at who's around you, look at who you trust, who you feel comfortable with, that you can connect with mm -hmm. in talking about your goals and try to connect with them and then figure out what your passion is. I think that will direct you to that master's program, whatever that focus may be for your master's program or a doctorate degree, and then just chase that there. Just keep going. So believing in yourself, having mentors and do not give up. You ready for a little bit lighter topic? Sure. I call this part of an interview hot chocolate. I'm going to ask you, I don't know, maybe 15 questions. And some of them are yes or no, or you'll just give me a one word answer. It's random. All right. If you go grocery shopping, what's your typical grocery shopping outfit? Leggings and a sweatshirt and tennis shoes. Do you have a favorite candy bar? Payday. Payday. Oh, I had a payday today with a student. <laughs> they had a buy one get one sale and i was like oh, i can't wait to eat both of these <laughs> but i came back to my office a student her name is tk she came in and was like you happen to have any candy and i was like i got a candy bar i was like do you have a favorite and she was like i like snickers and i like paydays and i was like i got a payday so we awesome. definitely both ate a candy bar how do you do you drink coffee no i don't drink coffee either so when you wake up in the morning you're just automatically up and you're alert no <laughs> It takes a minute. No. Yeah, it takes me maybe 20 minutes, 20 minutes to wake up, I think, entirely. As a Ohio State graduate, do you have a favorite Buckeye? Craig Krenzel. Craig Krenzel, really? Yeah. We had uh, we had an organic chemistry class together, uh -huh. and um, he's actually a very, very brilliant gentleman. The one thing I remember about Craig Krenzel, he was obviously a part of that championship team in, uh, what was it, 2002, 2003? Yep. Mm -hmm. And I was going to ask you about that in a second. But the thing they talked about the most with him was, one, his major at the time was something, it was like a mouthful, it was like molecular biology or something like uh, science, something science related. And mm -hmm. they just talked about how smart you got to be to play, you know, the quarterback position. I don't ever think he had a lifelong goal to be like the greatest quarterback ever in the NFL or anything like that. Although I think he played for a year or two, but he had the grades and the brain to be brilliant. So it's mm -hmm. interesting that you bring him up because that's what I remember about him. Like the chemistry, the science, the brain part. And you were like, oh, you had a class with him, which is pretty cool. Ooh, yeah, he's very, very smart. Yeah. Do you remember where you were when they won that championship? Yes. I had an apartment with three roommates on uh, West 8th Avenue. And I remember uh -huh. everybody was yelling and screaming and we were outside on the sidewalk, just, woo, you know, just, you know, celebrating. So, mm -hmm. man, that was a time. That was a Do time. you remember where you were when they won that first college football playoff in 2014? No. Do you have a favorite teacher or professor? I did have a favorite teacher in high school. Her name was Miss Hoschild. She was my math teacher. 
Okay. And um, she was mostly like geometry, a geometry class, but she was just always so sweet and so pleasant and kind of like a mother figure. Mm-hmm. On the doctoral level, I would have to say definitely my, um, she was my dissertation chair and my faculty advisor all throughout my program, but I did have a class with her, uh, Dr. Valerie and Story. Okay. She is the epitome of a faculty, of a doctoral advisor, of a dissertation chair. She was just awesome. Awesome. Do you have a dream car? Not really. Not really. What's the next item you plan on checking off your bucket list? I really want to go to Hawaii one day. <laughs> For now, Hawaii. Yeah, I would love to go to Hawaii. Last question has two parts. As a child, who did you look up to? And then part two is, as an adult, do you still have someone that you look up to? I have more than one person, but uh, I think definitely my mom and dad. I've always Mm -hmm. looked up to them. And definitely my grandmother, uh, Betty Louise Jones. I say that because my mom and dad, you know, they're still married. They've been married 45 years. They've, you know, demonstrated to me the essence and the importance of, you know, working hard, going after what you want, never giving up, being financially stable, knowing who my heavenly father is, you know, having a relationship with him. So there's so many facets to, I think, their relationship that I've always looked up to and admired. So I respect them for that. I love them for that. They've been my biggest supporters and uh, cheerleaders throughout my entire life and especially during this doctoral journey. Um, And then my grandmother, because she was somebody that I've never seen angry, never seen upset. I think she was a true angel here on earth. And if there was anybody that I could aspire to be like, as far as like her persona and her spirit, it would be her because she was just a joy to be around. She knew who the man above was and her actions definitely aligned with that relationship, that intimate relationship that she had with him also. So I just want to be like her and be um, somebody that people can see that is a nice, genuine person and that is just overall a nice person. What's the best thing about living in Ohio? The Buckeyes, (laughs) I guess, because the weather is certainly not my favorite thing. And family. Most of my family is in Ohio. A lot of mine is there, too, and I miss them, I tell you. I look forward to what comes next for you. Um, We'll check for the updates, but thank you for your time. I appreciate you. All right. Sounds good. Congratulations on your successes, educational endeavors, and I can't wait to see what you do next. Thank you, and I look forward to seeing what you're going to do next, too. I got some things coming, I promise. They're coming soon. This was an encouragement. This was an encouragement. You said some things that I needed to hear today, so it's good. Good. All right. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thank you. You're welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a wrap. I'd like to thank my guest, Dr. Gina Jones. Thank you for taking time to have a conversation with me. I cannot wait to share the motivation and just the tips and the nuggets that you dropped on us with students and former students. Um, I actually have an intended audience um, outside of those who weren't even, who probably aren't even aware of this podcast. So I hope you will be an encouragement to many others. 
Um, and thank you for taking the time to sit and talk. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Talking Back to the Teacher Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, feel free to share them with me. Reach out, Talking Back to the Teacher Podcast at gmail.com. I know that is very long, but it's okay. I'm open to your feedback. Till next time, y'all be blessed. <laughs>